Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Your long haul truck. RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Carlos Kajina is our technical producer. Ryan White is our live stream producer. And again, check out my YouTube and Rumble channel, Strange Planet. And uh, again, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Uh, it used to be called Conspiracy Unlimited. It's now called Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. You can listen and subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com, strangeplanetpodcast.com. Three episodes per week. They drop Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you get the 30 most recent episodes for free. And then if you want to go deeper, you can become a premium subscriber for less than $2 a month. And you get access to the vault of past episodes, over 700, 710, I think, past episodes. Uh, plus, you get two bonus commercial-free episodes per month. So go to strangeplanetpodcast.com, strangeplanetpodcast.com, and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes. Get Access to Premium Episodes. So Tuesday, May 17th, the uh, U.S. Senate held their first hearings on UAPs or UFOs, if you'd rather, their first hearings in over 50 years. Here's uh, the Deputy Director of U.S. Navy Intelligence, Scott Bray, speaking before the Senate on May 17th. Let's have a listen. Since the early 2000s, we have seen an increasing number of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft or objects in military-controlled training areas uh, and training ranges and other designated airspace. Reports of sightings are frequent and continuing. We attribute this increase in reporting to a number of factors, including our work to destigmatize reporting, an increase in the number of new systems such as quadcopters and unmanned aerial systems that are in our airspace, uh, identification of what we can classify as clutter, mylar balloons and other types of, uh, of air trash, and improvements in the capabilities of our various sensors to detect things in our airspace. As we detailed in both the unclassified and classified versions of the preliminary assessment released by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence last June, this often limited amount of high-quality data uh, and reporting hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature or intent of UAP. As detailed in the ODNI report, if and when individual UAP incidents are resolved, they likely fall into one of five potential explanatory categories. Airborne clutter, natural atmospheric phenomena, U.S. government or U.S. industry developmental programs, foreign adversary systems, or a other bin that allows for a holding bin of difficult cases and for the possibility of surprise and potential scientific discovery. All right. We stand by those initial results. Documentary filmmaker and... Bible prophecy expert Ali Siadatan is here this hour to provide a quick overview of U.S. government studies in UFOs or UAPs and how UFO disclosure may fit 
into Bible prophecy and the end of days. Ali is the founder of Think Again Productions here in Canada, a multimedia teaching ministry shedding light on mysteries and treasures of scriptural knowledge, which is making the Bible more real than ever. Ali has found evidence, keeps agreeing with the Bible's tale from biblical cities peering through the sand to alien abductions and prophetic events. And his documentary, UFOs, Angels, and Gods, if you go to uh, thinkagainproductions.com, you can uh, you can watch it there. Uh, I think there's a click uh, a, a link to uh, a YouTube channel where you can watch it for free, UFOs, Angels, and Gods. Ali Seattleton, welcome back to the program. How are you, my friend? Um, fine. Thank you, Richard, for having me. My pleasure. All right. So let's talk about the – do you want to start with the recent – the most recent hearing, uh, Senate hearing – I mean, this is a big deal. It's been 50 years since the Senate or the U.S. Congress has held a hearing. And uh, we had the um, – I just played a clip there from Scott Bray, the de- deputy director of uh, U.S. Navy intelligence. And he was kind of downplaying, of course, not surprisingly, the uh, the whole UAP phenomena, suggesting you know it fits into five categories. One is kind of space clutter. Another could just be misidentification. It could be uh, – you know, a, some sophisticated U.S. secret aircraft. Uh, it could be an adversary's secret aircraft. He left sort of one one possibility that, it, you know, he calls sort of the other bin and, uh, you know, that that is yet to be explained by science, but, you know, not ready to jump on the uh, little green men from other planet wagon quite yet. What are your thoughts? Well, I watched the, the hearing entirely, uh, so... I see the clip you play, but if you, you kind of keep watching the hearing, he then shows videos of what they have, and then he explains that this is not, you know, of human origin, that this is not from any nation. And you have some very prominent congressmen in the room asking him questions, and they're like, so you're saying that, you know, there's no other, you know, nation on Earth that would have created this? And he says, no. I mean, I'm just giving you the short answer that... They ask him, there's a back and forth, and then, then then he says, well, they are, whatever this is, it's showing mastery of the laws of physics, and then he goes through the list of all the things it does, um, whether it's, you know, things we, we've heard so many times before, actually, from the government reports, the right angle, angle turns, so complete mastery of the laws of physics. That's kind of the short of it. And... And then, you know, you can see the, the heads and the facial expressions. You're right, he doesn't at that point even say, therefore, this is like the little green man from Mars. But the implication, they eliminate all other possible answers. And then the congressman, you know, I can see their faces also have that expression of, wow, this could actually be, you know, extraterrestrial. And the implication is very clear, and he goes through the list, then the Sorry, way that he talks about the reporting, uh, there's suddenly an openness uh, to receive reports uh, from pilots. Uh, there has been a change in attitude, and, and the, the, the signal has been given officially that you won't be considered crazy if you come forward with whatever it is you're seeing. So there's been a procedural change, and... Um, the, the 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 hearing the news of the hearing is carried by all the prominent media sources you know ABC uh, MSNBC Fox even the Canadian government is inspired 
to officially start looking into it because they're seeing their American counterparts do that. So um, it wasn't just some small thing. It was broadcasted loudly, and if you listen to the whole hearing, the conclusion is pretty clear, actually. Interesting. I mean, I, I watched uh, parts of it. I um, and I, I talked to my um, my good friend Victor Vigiani from Zealand uh, Communications about this. He, he had a bit of a different take. He seemed to think that uh, Scott Bray, again the deputy director of U.S. Naval Intelligence, and the other um, sort of key witness that was providing testimony, uh, I can't remember that gentleman's name, but that they were doing a bit of a song and dance routine, kind of skirting around the issue, not really answering direct questions. Um, But anyway, you you sort of see it a a different way. So, I mean, this is, as I say, this is um, significant, this this hearing before the, uh, this was the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee. Uh, that was conducting this hearing, and I, uh, there was said. Um, um, let's see who else was. Uh, Adam Schiff was yeah, um, Adam was Schiff participating. Was um, some other uh, prominent um, congressmen. So, um, the other thing that they didn't mention was because there's only they, they they admitted to having four hundred. I think it was four hundred um, declassified UFO sightings. In their database, I mean, but four hundred, Ali. That's, I think, and it only goes back to two thousand and four. That's not even scratching the surface. I mean, um, um, that's true. The the um, what's the also interesting to note is that um, the number has increased from one hundred forty four accounts to four hundred. Uh, so the number of UAP report has risen to approximately 400, a significant increase from the 144 between 2004 and 2021 that were tracked in last year's report, according to Scott Bray. So there has been a huge increase of about 300 reports just in the past year, and that is due to the relaxing of rules and to the fact that the signal has been given that you are allowed to report and you won't be stigmatized. So there's been a change of attitude. It's it's a process. You see, when you kind of look at the entire history of disclosure in the U.S. government, it has times of complete denial, times of openness, but the general consensus has been that you'll really freak people out if you come out psychologically, it's not possible to come out and say, hey, yes, we are being visited by, you know, aliens. It's too much. So the way that the communication happens is um, by confirming gently and softly people's assumptions. Because a lot of people in the culture do firmly believe that UFOs are here and are real. And so when you know, this is reported, and some of the videos are talked about in a way that, oh, yes, this can't be explained. This is already a huge confirmation. The fact that you're saying to people, hey, you can come and report this. The fact that major media um, uh, sources are carrying the story, um, 
these are all ways of confirming something that you can't come right out and say because you feel it's going to freak people out. So you have to kind of read also between the lines. If your expectation is that, you know, we're going to turn the news on one day and there's going to be a representative from the U.S. government that says, hey, everybody, we just make contact with aliens, then no, yes, you're right. This is very far from that. But if your expectation is that you're getting a nod in that direction to confirm people's assumptions, then this is actually a huge leap forward. So, uh, again, Victor Vigiani, who I I spoke with recently about the May 17th congressional hearing on UAPs, uh, he said that, that, that this hearing marks the end of the UFO uh, secrecy program, if you will, by the government. Would you agree? Yes, exactly. So let's talk about that. So how did we get into the whole UFO secrecy program? Um, a lot of the people that I talked to who are who have become UFO researchers, uh, let's say in the past 10 years, some of them or, or less, they have the impression, and people in the general public, that suddenly the government is interested in all of this and talking about it. Could there be some reality to it? However, if you take a bird's eye view, this story is this this is the second time we have reached this point. Um, between the UFO phenomenon officially begins in 1947 with Kenneth Arnold. People can listen to his testimony by Googling him on YouTube. He's on a radio station telling what he saw. And that launches let's say, among other things, Project Blue Book, which goes on from 1948 to 1968. Now, what, what is that? In that period of time, officially, the U.S. government is looking into this phenomenon that's being reported by citizens all over America, but also by pilots, airports, air tower uh, officials, high-level Army and Air Force officials, government officials. I mean, Life magazine has an article on it. Um, people are talking about this. You're allowed to talk about it between 1948 and 1968 because the government itself is officially investigating it, and it's investigating it through J. Allen Hynek, who is the astronomer who's flying all over the U.S. on the Air Force's dime, and his job is to dismiss anything that can't be understood through natural phenomenon and hand over the rest to the U.S. Air Force for investigation and then the Air Force is going to report to Congress and Congress to the people. And this is a 20-year investigation. J. Allen Hynek discovers that 3% of what he sees can't be explained naturally. He gets pictures given to him, lots of testimonies, and this is before the era of digital magic. Eventually, the, everything is collected and given to a professor, Professor Condon, from Colorado University, who doesn't believe in any of this. And he publishes a report in 1971 that says it's all just natural phenomenon. And the government takes that as the official, you know, uh, perspective. And suddenly, come 1971, the entire thing gets shut down. So from 48 to 71, basically, the culture of North America allows individuals of all the states of, of, you know, whether you're just a regular guy, you work for the army at a high level, doesn't matter. The culture is allowed to talk about UFOs as though they're real. 
and even movies and, and, and newspaper articles. And you can see even the books that are written in that period, the conversation is very different. But after 1971, when the official stance becomes, based on the Cotton Report, that this is all natural phenomenon, then suddenly it's shut down culturally. The official voice of the culture, the government, the media, the scientific community, have given it the thumbs down. There's nothing to see here, folks. So the research goes private and goes in the hands of non-official, like MUFON is born, uh, the, the, the Mutual UFO Network. People start to continue to record the testimonies of individuals who have sightings. Um, the U.S. government is no longer doing it under J. Allen Hynek, just private citizens are. And so then we enter into a period of the culture from 71 to basically now where you're crazy if you believe in any of this. And that's why even the reports of, of people within the government coming forward and saying this is what we saw diminishes because the official cultural paradigm is that which says you're crazy. So from 1979, 71 till now. And I think it was Peter Drucker who said, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so the <laughs> culture was like, don't talk about this. But then suddenly we see these Obama, you know, the former President Obama talks about it. There's an article published in the New York Times um, talking about uh, the fact that Congress is going to have set a a budget for looking into all of this. And and then suddenly, two years after that, we start to see these hearings uh, happen that are in a way, you know, the result of it. Then we see this footage released by the Navy of this object that's flying around a Navy ship. That goes on the CNN. Tic-tac. Yeah, the Tic Tac video. Yes. And then you have, you know, officially it's being talked about, and then we, we, you know, Obama talks about it, there's that video, all kinds of prominent newspapers start talking about it, and suddenly we see that the Congress has actually assigned a budget um, for a department to look into this, and now we're getting the hearings from that department based on the budget that's assigned to it. And this huge article in New York Times, one of the most important, you know, source of information of the Western world, explaining this a couple of years ago. You can go on my YouTube right. channel, and I did a whole study of the article, and now we have the hearing. So something suddenly has shifted. Between 1971 till recently, it's been, there's nothing to see here, folks. But now we're going back to the paradigm we had between 1947 and 1968, where it was allowed to talk about it because the government was officially, you know, uh, okay, so the how do we uh, – we're just heading into a break here shortly, but how do we explain this renewed uh, interest? Is it because the public is forcing the issue and we have whistleblowers like um, Elizondo, uh, Luis Elizondo, who ran the ATIP program at the Pentagon and um, – you know, was was not happy with the way the public was being kept in the dark, so he came forward. That caused the New York Times article in 2017. Or, or is does the right. government have its own agenda, and they have chosen this time to reveal? Well, I think that anyone who's been a researcher of this for a long time will tell you that definitely there is, a, you know, people in the government. Uh, there's a movement within within the government that keeps the lid on this. 
and they are the ones that have decided that it's time, it seems, to to open the lid up a little bit and and let the information um, out in a new light. It's not public pressure. There's been so much public pressure. Uh, people, you know, pre- even Carter, President Carter, had a sighting, and he said, you know, when he went to office, he was going to look into it. No, nothing came came of it. Um, there's been tons of public pressure and hasn't led anywhere because this is not uh, the result of public pressure. This is the result of a strategy to open this up now um, for the public. And, and what I've noticed... Hey, I'm going to jump in here. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a time out and we'll uh, we'll continue this on the other side. Ali Siadatan, documentary filmmaker and biblical prophecy expert, UFO disclosure and the Bible. Back with more of our conversation right after these. As you know, GetTheTea.com has been a sponsor of my show for quite some time. Their all-natural life change tea with a unique blend of 12 herbs has helped many of you to keep your digestive tract clean and healthy. It's so easy. You just brew, steep, refrigerate, and drink. One to two glasses a day helps keep your insides clean. You shower on a daily basis, right? So why not shower your insides with this delicious herbal made in the USA tea that has helped thousands. GetTheTea.com is not a fad. They've been around for 14 years. It's an essential part of my life. My favorite is the pomegranate tea, and they're giving it to you for $8 off exclusively for my listeners. Why not make it an essential part of your life today? Go to getthetea.com slash Richard. That's getthetea.com slash Richard and save today. Remember, it's easy. Just brew, steep, refrigerate, and drink. Keep your gut healthy. They also carry an amazing variety of natural herbal supplements. Check them out at getthetea.com. We've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that the YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do what he does. Let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put in $100 into each one, it would now be worth over $53,000. So if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com forward slash dollar. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said, but listeners get full access for just $1. You can't find this offer anywhere else, but act fast because the offer ends soon. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash dollar. Don't take this offer lightly. He's the real deal. Go visit the site now. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we are back with Ali Siadatan, Think Again Productions, and the website thinkagainproductions.com. And um, before the break, we were talking about the timing, starting with December of 2017 with the uh, Leslie Kane, uh, Blumenthal, I think the uh, the Pentagon Bureau uh, uh, reporter was Cooper, her last name was Cooper. They came out with this article that uh, just caused an just earthquakes throughout the UFO community uh, based on Luis Elizondo coming forward, the whistleblower who ran the uh, Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Project that was funded by uh, Senator Harry Reid. 
who at that time the uh, was the majority uh, Senate leader from the state of Nevada. Some of that money was basically given to his friend, Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Space. And again, Elizondo came forward because it was all being hush-hush and uh, – that began, I guess, this whole new renewed interest on the part of the government and, um, as you say, sort of culminating in uh, the Senate hearings on UAPs Tuesday, May 17th. And now you're saying, Ali, that this was not due to whistleblowers coming forward or public pressure or the UFO disclosure movement and so forth. The government decided now is the time to start disclosing by dribs and drabs. Is that the idea? Yeah, I'm pretty confident about that because I put it in the context of how the whole thing has been treated from 1947. And I see that, you know, it was shut down and suddenly, no matter how hard people tried, it was like there's nothing to see here, folks. And suddenly it's turned back on um, for public consumption. You know, as far as the hearing that just happened, um, the former UFO program chief of the Pentagon, Luis Elizondo, he also, who he was on Fox talking about the hearing, and he says, you know, on the one hand, they're saying that uh, there's nothing to see here. On the other hand, um, he said that, you know, they're saying that this is not of a, a human origin. He, here's, he says, here's an introduction, interesting contradiction. They said, we don't think it's alien, we don't think it's adversarial technology, but then they turn around and they also say, we know it's not blue force technology. We know it's not our technology. Well, what does that mean? If it's not our technology, it's not enemy technology, and it's not something else, then you kind of back yourself into a corner. It can only be one of three things. So it's it's the way their messaging has now opened the door um, for people to come forward on the news and talk about this. Um, um, other guests are coming forward. Um, for instance, um, there is uh, this, you know, very important, uh, famous uh, physicist uh, who was being interviewed on Fox as well, Professor uh, Dr. Michio uh, Kaku. Oh, and, Michio Kaku. And yes, yes. Discusses hundreds of UFO encounters, and so, so suddenly you're seeing this conversation. The nature of the conversation has changed. Now, in the general public, over the years, what I've noticed, uh, as a researcher, people come up to me and they kind of confide in me. And I've always been surprised at how very important people who you would never think are interested in all of this, who have very important conservative jobs, um, like lawyers, accountants, whatever, they come forward and they privately tell me wow, you know, this is all real, and I believe in it. And, and, and they always have the same idea, which is the saviors of the world have arrived. So when you have the general public already in the millions of of hundreds of millions of people all on, around the world already believe believing this, you just need to send the very faint signal out that says, we're kind of looking into this as well, you know, and that is enough confirmation for the mind of people who are already believing in all of this. Um, so for me, what is happening here is actually very loud, very serious. Um, yes, if you expect the government to come right out and say, look, we've, we've, there are aliens flying around, you're right, you'd be disappointed. But, you know, you've got to put it in context of the sociological uh, reality of how this is perceived and, and what the government can come out and say without creating panic. 
I think I think the messaging is actually very strong. So does the timing of this and let's use December 2017 as kind of a uh, our horizon marker, if you will. Yeah. Um, does that also have anything to do with all of this other you know craziness that we're seeing in the world? We have you know, we we just went through two years of covid and the, the lockdowns and the loss of liberties. And we have the the war in Ukraine and we have. As a result of either, you know, sort of both of those, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, supply chain disruptions. We have uh, fear of of famine and food shortages. We have rampant inflation. All of these things buzzing at us all at once. And then sort of also at the same time, we have this, you know, government interest, renewed interest in, in UFOs. Is that a coincidence, the timing? Uh, no, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that... Um Something is happening, and we're going to, you know, see it more clearly as it unfolds. Um, but we we had this this 2017, the beginning of this new openness, uh, even Obama confirming it, and then suddenly we had uh, COVID. Now we really don't know um, where that came from with great certainty yet. Um, and then we had two years of you know global lockdowns. Then we had, you know, this this war that is going to redefine the international order. That is going to be one of the chief consequences of this war. It's going to redefine the international order. So we haven't really yet felt the full consequences of this war. We haven't felt it in our, in our economy yet. We don't know if we're headed towards a global economic cra- uh, collapse. Uh, we haven't yet also felt it in the way that the world politics is going to reorganize. Because it's not just Russia, it's also China, Iran, India, um, North Korea. There's an entire block of, of nations that has suddenly lifted up that, that it wants to renegotiate the world order. So this is only, you know, the beginning of, of a transformation right after this, this entire phenomenon of COVID, which in some ways one could argue is not over yet. We don't know what the fall is going to have for us. And in the middle of all of this, we suddenly have this openness uh, to 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 this UFO phenomenon, and I don't think the timing is coincidental. But what it is, does it exactly mean? Um, why is it now? We have to be patient, and as everything starts to unfold, we'll start to have a better idea. Um, if you want my theory, I think that seeds are being planted that will be harvested in the 1930s. I think that that we this the, the, the decade of the 20s is going to be a very transformative decade, and all kinds of seeds will be planted that will be harvested in the 30s and 40s. So I think this is the very beginning of a massive, massive uh, phenomenon that's going to become more and more defined for the culture and part of our life in ways that no one ever expected. Ali Siadatan, Think Again Productions, and the website thinkagainproductions.com. Uh, we've got about two minutes here, and then we're going to roll into another break. Uh, but I, I, let's begin the discussion now, and that is really one of the primary reasons you're on here tonight, and that is to talk about how uh, this UFO disclosure relates to biblical prophecy. Well, the, the, the seasons and timing that, that you're asking about, you know, that really is one of the uh, major cues. 
uh, clues into into the biblical perspective. This whole phenomenon begins in 1947 and 1948, really those two years. And that year, in the Hebrew calendar, that's a single year, even though it's two years for us, that is the time where after the Holocaust, the, the League of Nations votes uh, Israel into existence on November 29th of 1947, and then the British mandate ends in May 14th of 48, where Israel becomes a nation born on the stage of history overnight, and that is a prophecy in Isaiah 66 that talks about a nation that's born overnight, and that begins a period of history that falls within the scope and architecture of the vision of the prophets of the Bible that leads essentially to the Second Coming. I mean, this propels us into a new age of history. And so it is at this time that this phenomenon also appears on the stage of history. Could there be a connection? I believe so. All right, we've got about a minute. Let's just explore that a little bit further. So what is the 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 connection between the birth of the modern state of Israel, again, fulfillment of one of the biggest prophecies, most important prophecies in the Bible, and, uh, you know, the beginning of the modern-day UFO phenomenon with the Kenneth Arnold sighting, and then Roswell, and then it ramps up from there. And alien abductions and hybrids and all kinds of... I think the connection is that, you know, the Bible supposedly talks about real places and real people and real historical events that we can actually verify, but it also has a dimension in the story that talks about angels. There's an angelic dimension in the biblical narrative, and now we have to look for the evidence of that in the world in which we live, if it's all true. Well, I think the UFO phenomenon opens the door to the exploration of that part of Scripture, the angelic dimension, and how that relates to what is ahead of us. All right, Ali, we're going to step away here, take another time out. Ali Siadatan will also open up the, uh, well, we'll we'll make available uh, questions and comments for those in our YouTube and Rumble live chats. And my live stream producer, Ryan White, will curate those and send those along to me. Back with more of my conversation with Ali Siadatan, documentary filmmaker, biblically, biblical prophecy expert, as we discuss UFO disclosure and the end times. Don't go away. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. I call it the miracle molecule, carbon 60 or C60 for my good friends at C60evo.com. And I take a tablespoon every morning. It delivers more than 172 times the power of vitamin C. C60 is a known antiviral, antioxidant, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. It's a remedy that works. 
C60 Evo users consistently enjoy better sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. This alone is worth the cost of the bottle. I sleep like a baby. I have no aches or pains. Zero. I'm 58, and I don't have a gray hair on my head. Get your miracle in a bottle. C60 from C60Evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C60Evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Use the coupon code EVRS at checkout and save an additional 10%. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you have a medical concern, please contact your healthcare provider. Alicia Adetan stays with us as we discuss UFO disclosure and the end time. So the uh, you're saying not a coincidence that the modern day UFO phenomenon begins in 47, 48 uh, along the uh, the same time as the the birth of the uh, state of Israel. What is what are UFOs going to do? Uh, because you're saying the birth of Israel, that's kind of like this, you know, clock that now uh, count, counting down to the second coming of uh, the, the Messiah. What are UFOs going to do to interfere with that plan? Well, I think that when you, uh, you look at the stories of the prophecies of the Bible, the assumption is that every generation, you know, in the past 2,000 years uh, naturally knows what these prophecies are, but the Bible doesn't work that way. We are seeing things that no generation before has ever seen. Passages are finding relevance for us that no one else could have understood before this time, and we are frankly paying attention to things in the Bible that people before didn't really need to pay attention to. So what we're discovering, first of all, is that the Second Coming, you know, as we're looking at the, the what the text says, does involve a war of angels. Uh, he is not just coming back by himself. He's coming back with an armada. Um, he's not coming back to an earth that receives him with open arms. He's coming back to a cosmic battle. Um, and so... There are characters involved in, in actually populating these prophecies and making it happen. And these characters, they're not just human. There are There's a human element, but there is also an element that is angelic. And so when you look into the angels of the Bible, again, something we haven't really focused on ever deeply, actually, what you notice is that the description is very much different than paintings of Michelangelo and Raffaello and, and all of these Renaissance masters whose paintings have essentially you know, created an image of angels in our minds, which are bird-like men, men with bird-like wings. Uh, in the Bible, it is, talks about the Rechev Elohim, the chariots of God, and the word Elohim can also mean angels. So in this passage that I'm thinking about, Psalm 68, I do believe it would have been better to translate it as, as the chariots of, of angels, because it says that God is present at Sinai with his chariots, and the chariots are in, in, in you know, in the south. Um, it says that God himself, like in Isaiah 66, verse 15, that God will with his chariots, and again, the word there is, you know, Merkeva, which is a different word. These are two words in the Bible, and these words mean vehicle. They come from the root word to ride. Rekev comes from the root word to ride. It means vehicle, something that carries you. So in the Bible, we see Elijah be carried in such a vehicle, a, a chariot of fire and horse of fire. We see his disciple Elisha talk about these very angelic vehicles as well. And in one, in, in an incident that I think would take too long to open up. But in the Bible, we see even the son of David, the son of God, leaves inside of a white cloud that receives him and carries him to the throne room 
to the temple at the heart of time and space. You know, the book of Daniel talks about, about the Son of Man coming in the clouds to the Ancient of Days. And so we see that he leaves in such a cloud, and we see that prophecy before his time gives us a vision of him arriving to God in the cloud as well. Something carries him, and so the angels are carried here Humans are carried away in these vehicles. Uh, the Son of God leaves the earth and such a thing, and they return with an armada. So first of all, there's an angelic dimension. Second of all, this angelic dimension is described in terms that are more similar to the UFO phenomenon than the paintings of Renaissance masters. Then the angels are divided into two categories, those who have rebelled against God and those who are who haven't. And so we have to also be aware of that. Now, the ones that have rebelled against God, one of their uh, markers is that they like to create hybrids. It's one of their distinguishing features. They, they want to mingle themselves into the bloodline of those who were made in the image of God, or, or, or Adam was made in the image of God, and we are the children of Adam and Eve, so we bear something of that image. And, and the idea is to corrupt this image. The purpose of Adam was to be the image bearer of God into the creation and to bring God's instructions to the world, to, to the world of angels, actually. But, so the idea is to introduce themselves into into the bloodline of those who are made in the image of God and to create hybrids in their own image. They're competing with the image of God. And so this is something that that is recorded um, in the Bible and also in the story of virtually every nation uh, that had a written tradition and also nations with oral traditions, that these giants and these hybrids, these Nephilim, these demigods, these titans lived among us. And in a modern phenomenon, we, when when, you know, Secular researchers who don't have an agenda, like Dr. David Jacobs, or even Johnny Mack from Harvard, or Bud Hopkins, when these guys look into it, they say, wow, these guys are actually creating hybrids. It's close encounters of the fourth kind, alien abductions. So that is a marker of these fallen angels, and it is a sign of the times again, because the Bible did say that the final empire that will rule over the earth, will have hybrids at the helm, including one who will be the leader of them all, and the seed of the serpent. And so that suddenly, these are things that previous generations could have never understood. They would have been reading these prophecies, and it would have just gone over their head. There was no Ali, i got to jump to in here. We've got to uh, take a time out. Ali Siadatan, Think Again Productions, uh, more on the other side, as, long, as well as your comments, questions from the YouTube and Rumble live chat. Stay with us. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. UFO disclosure and biblical prophecy, Alicia Adetin, documentary filmmaker, Think Again Productions, thinkagainproductions.com. And um, something that's always confused me, Ali, and that is, you know, this passage in um, um, Matthew where Jesus says, you know, his second coming, it'll be, when when will when'll that happen? And he explains as, it, it, you know, things will be like they were back in the days of Noah. And you referenced the fallen angels, um, this from Genesis 6, taking uh, wives, um, human wives, and producing a race of uh, offspring called the Nephilim. They were giants. So now we have the, the modern-day alien abduction phenomenon, and, and people claim that they are um, being abducted and they're, you know, perhaps their, their sperm is being taken or their eggs are being taken and they're creating 
human-alien hybrids, but they're not giants. They're not giants. Um, Doesn't a a fallen angel and a human uh, hybrid have to be a giant? Yeah, the the, the passage you quoted from Genesis is the root text. It's the original text that gives us an understanding that such a thing can happen. But then other passages in the Bible bring precision to that text. So in Daniel chapter 2, I think it's verse 42 around there, it talks about the end of days and the final empire, and it it says, they shall mingle their seed with the seed of man, but it shall not adhere. And the Hebrew masculine uh, plural pronoun is used for the word they. So it's the he. So these are these are actual living masculine beings who will mingle their seed with the seed of man, but it shall not adhere. So there must be something other than the seed of man. So these guys, this passage is talking more about something that is like what we're noticing today, which is a laboratory creation. As opposed to Genesis 6, that is the original text that opens our mind to the possibility of such a strange thing, which is fallen angels and humans having relations and producing offspring. Uh, But Daniel chapter 2 says that in the end of days, this is going to happen more in a scientific way. And then it says that it's going to produce 10 kings, and it is in the days of these kings, you know, that God is going to come to the earth. So it makes an association between this phenomenon and the rise of the final kingdom. So this is all the hallmarks of fallen angels. But the angels of God, more numerous, um, they are also on the way to this planet, and they also are already here, uh, protecting, for instance, Israel and also walking among us. But the great discovery, the phenomenal discovery, is that, wow, now our our generation is seeing for the first time more of the reality of how the world of angels functions. Angels are, are beings who know more about the laws of creation than we do. That's why, you know, they, they give information to the various nations, like in the Book of Enoch, and then the story of the gods of the ancient world, the founders of civilization. They have given the codes of civilization to the various nations the way that God gave the codes of civilization to Israel, to the Hebrew nation. We are living in a world that is born of the knowledge that has been handed down by this angelic connection that has been over the nations, and that's what you know Satan says to Jesus, that dominion over all the kingdoms of the earth has been given to him. This has been the case. These guys have been with us, and they are recorded in all the religions of the world, including the one that is called the Bible, and they have defined reality for us, in fact. They've given us the codes of civilization, they have chosen kings, they've guided world events, they've given us all kinds of knowledge, including the massive technological leap, perhaps, that we have taken since the beginning of the industrial age. To what end? To a single focal point, the second coming. Because it says when the Lord returns that there's going to be a battle, and you think, that's insane. Why would the world go to war against God? Um, Rebelling, yes. You know, uh, you can understand that. Not obeying, yes. Denying, yes. But going to war when God and his angels appear is kind of crazy, unless, of course, your perception has been altered through a great deception. And that is where I think the UFO phenomenon is headed, and that's why I feel compelled to warn people. And the great deception is to transform the world of angels through the secular lens into the world of alien and to misrepresent the reality of this phenomenon and to say that we are actually being visited by aliens instead of this is the continuation of an ancient phenomenon. The fallen angels are here. They are over the empires 
and God and his angels are on the way. That's the proper way of understanding this. But instead of that, we are being brainwashed, and the suggestion is that aliens have arrived. And if you continue that line of reasoning, it becomes possible to turn the Lord and his angels, the second coming, into an alien invasion and rally the nations behind a hybrid who's the king of the king of the nations, who will make more and more an open alien connection because it says that he's going to do lying signs and wonders and make fire come from the sky. And I think this is what these hearings are preparing the culture for to an increased openness until this guy comes to power, and in which case he will be the one that will make the open contact, and he'll say, look, these guys are here to help us um, get through nuclear, uh, uh, you know, the nuclear uh, stage of our civilization, get through environmental disasters. And they're pre- preparing us they're by giving us these ideas, oh, we need to deal with the environment, we need to deal with uh, plagues, etc., and, and, and these guys are going to help us, and the final lie is going to be that, that Jesus and his angels are bad aliens coming to subjugate the earth, while these guys are the liberators of the human race. They are the saviors, even though Jesus actually means savior in the Hebrew language. So they're going to reverse the savior uh, idea. It's going to be like a good cop, bad cop. I think that's where we're headed. So the, the UFO phenomenon is actually the angelic phenomenon, and it is going to lead to the great war of the second coming, and there's going to be a deception at the heart of it, which has already begun, which is the alien deception, is to rewrite the reality of angels as aliens and to misrepresent the Lord and his angels as invading aliens and rally the nations against him. And I think that is where we're headed. That's why people need to be aware of this very huge and possible deception uh, that that the seeds of it already being planted in the culture by these newspaper articles and hearings and, and the signaling to the culture that, that E.T. is here. No, E.T. is not here. This has nothing to do with E.T. This is the continuation of an ancient presence that the Bible has recorded from the days of the Garden of Eden. I just got a couple of minutes here, but uh, I mean, I, I understand the strategy of the fallen angels back in the days of Noah to create, well, basically to corrupt all flesh, including animal flesh, but primarily um, human flesh, because they wanted to, uh, if they could, they didn't know, you know, where was Jesus going to come from? They didn't know he was going to come from the line of David, but so they had to they had to do a a big sweeping program and contaminate all flesh. Therefore, Jesus wouldn't wouldn't be born the first time. Well, that didn't work out exactly. So, but what is the purpose this time of a so called quote unquote alien humid hybrid program? They're they're not going to forestall the second coming because Jesus isn't going to be born this time around. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's to prepare for the second coming and to put in a structure of governance um, led by led by them, because it says that the dragon will give his power to this world leader. The dragon is a symbol of, you know, this fallen angel, uh, the serpent, the dragon, uh, the accuser, Satan, Lucifer, etc. He's going to give his power to this guy. And the idea is to defeat the, the second coming through battle. It is a rebellion against the judgment that has been spoken over this fallen world and over this fallen kingdom. The judgment has been spoken. The defeat is guaranteed at the cross, the truth is. But it is, the judgment is unfolding 
You know, it has been spoken of the cross, but it's unfolding now over history. And this is an attempt to rebel against that judgment and try to thwart it, try to defeat the Lord and his angels, God forbid. And so this is kind of not going to uh, be victorious. God's design will prevail. Another purpose of it is to take down as many people as you can, do your worst, lie, deceive, and take as many souls as you can into the into this deception, because it says that those who didn't have the love of truth believed this lie. It says that in the New Testament. It also talks about that if there's a there's a mark, whatever that's going to be, a computer chip or something given by you know AI controlled computer chip, who knows, by this guy, this ward leader. And if you accept it, your name is removed from the Book of Life. There it is a place of no turning back in this story of allegiances. Is your allegiance to the King of Kings, or is your allegiance to the King of the Nations? This is a very important question on uh, and on the horizon. So I think another purpose, other than defeating the Lord at His second coming in their imagination, is to take out as many souls as possible and take down as many souls as possible, because this is a battle battle for the souls of men who have a destiny in the future of the universe, in the future of the creation. The earth is the birthplace of the immortal children of God who have a destiny in the future construct, in the future kingdom that will govern over the universe and beyond. The earth is the birthplace of the royal priesthood and of the sons of God. That's who we are, and that's why we're involved in such a huge, crazy story, because of who we really are. And so to take us down, to lie to us, to corrupt us, to rob us of our eternal destiny— and to possibly mount a war that could, you know, in their imagination, attempt to defeat the King of Kings. It's all of these purposes. But first, they have to form government. They have to, you know, control the machinery of deception. They have to define the narrative. They have to control the resources of the army, of the economic... So they have to raise an army, and that's here. where, I guess, the alien-human hybrids come in. Ali, we're, we're out of time, sadly, but uh, thank you again for being with us this last hour. Always appreciate your uh, tremendous and profound uh, wisdom. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Richard. Thank you for having me. Alicia Adetan, thinkagainproductions.com, thinkagainproductions.com. My thanks to Carlos and Ryan back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. <laughs>